Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction. Dawn of Dragons, Season 2, Episode 6, The Prisoner in Ruby. The market bustled with the sounds of the people selling from the various carts open to the one side, revealing their contents. They all had similar designs, made of a dark gray wood that seemed to mimic stone. A small street barrier was made of a similar material as they entered the square. What? What is this wood? It's, it's stronger than any I've seen, yet not brittle. Stone birch. Scott May replied. Benedict looked at him questioningly as the name was unknown to him. Never heard of it, eh? It grows under the hills. See, it has what you would think of as roots, growing into the earth, but it's actually upside down. Its bottom actually looks like a huge boulder on the surface. You would never know it was actually a tree. Benedict thought briefly of his craft as a blacksmith. What a great wood to grace a sword's pommel or maybe a hammer. He smiled for a moment before remembering their purpose today. The large podium at one end of the market was where individuals would be put on sale for purchase, apparently. He shuddered slightly, thinking of his brother Zane, again in chains. <coughs> he looked at Zoran, who looked a bit pale. Zoran, how are you? I feel like garbage, honestly, but I'm sure it'll pass. I think it's the air in this city. Cordelia nodded. Yes. This air is foul, though the market seems to be helping a bit. Come, let's take a look at that fruit vendor's wares. She turned to the others. We will catch up in a moment. They nodded as they continued towards the podium, <coughs> while Cordelia and Zoran walked towards a cart where a halfling stood proud on a large crate talking to a short-haired, deep elf. The smells of exotic fruits and spices lifted through the air, a welcome change from the hazy smoke from the giant furnaces. Zoran took a shaky breath, filling his nose with the identifiable cinnamon, oranges, and cloves. There were other savory scents similar to rosemary and basil, and sharp cooling tones of mint. He smiled. This was much better. Hey there, can I help you? The halfling turned to the two of them with a smile on their round and ruddy face, a gesture they hadn't seen in a long time. How much for the mint? Give me a gold, and you can have it, my friend. They winked at Zorin, looked pleadingly at Cordelia, who smiled and nodded. Okay, it's a deal. He placed the gold piece in the small childlike hand of the merchant, who grinned before rubbing the coin against the gold tooth, grabbed the fistful of mint, and placed it in a burlap pouch. He squeezed the pouch gently as he brought it to his bearded face. The soft, cool vapors eased into his nose, cooling the burning from the foul, sulfuric, and smoky air. 
Sophie walked stoically through the crowd, her eyes trained on the worn, dark gray podium. The crowd was gathering at the foot of it. She saw many gray dwarves and dark elves talking amongst themselves and pointing at the stage. Please be here, please. Please don't leave us again. Her heart rate was fast. She hoped upon all hope to see his face again. After all these weeks, her hands were balled into fists. She realized it and quickly wiped her palms together and across her armor on her thighs briefly. Vixen Scottmere looked on as well, but Benedict looked very anxious. The crowd grew louder as the auctioneer walked out, a white wiry beard laid across the round belly of his armor, and his heavy iron shanked boots fell heavily on the planks, calling attention from everyone. Zorn walked up to Sophie, leaning in without drawing too much attention. Listen, I'm going over to the other side where they can see me better. If he's there, we don't give up until he's free. Sound good? She smiled. Yes. He turned to walk back into the crowd. Hey, Zorin? Thanks. He smiled back at her and winked, disappearing into a sea of people gathering. She imagined in disgust to purchase the people soon to be displayed like a simple iron kettle or chipped vase. The ashen gray dwarf announcer walked out on the stage. The heavy fall of his boots thundered from the wooden planks. He tugged at his beard before pulling out a scroll and barking at the crowd. Starting off, we have a prisoner who has served his sentence and looking to atone for his wrongdoings with servitude. Servitude brings humility. Humility brings purpose. And purpose is life. Purpose is life. The crowd murmured at these last words. Sophie saw the Grey Dwarves in the crowd nod and beat their chests in agreement. The prisoner was another Grey Dwarf, standing proud in a muslin tunic, belted with a rope cord at the waist, his red eyes glowed with a fire. Let's stop the bidding at five gold pieces. The crowd erupted with hands. There's five, do we have ten? And thus the auction began. Sophie bowed her head. Zane, please be here, please. The auction proceeded with several dwarves and orc and even a deep elf craftsman going to the various bidders. A hush fell across the crowd as they heard the shuffle of chains across the steps behind the stage. <gasps> Sophie's heart burst as she saw the bearded face of Zane appear, his golden hair hanging in matted locks about his shoulders. He was clad in the same dirty muslin tunic as the others. His face was dirty and his eyes were still adjusting to the light of the marketplace. Sophie felt something squeeze her hand. Looking down, she saw Benedict's face crack a hopeful smile. Zorin has this. I know it. Now here's a rare treat. A surface dweller. Looks strong, too. Let's start the bidding at 20 gold pieces. The crowd hesitated, and Zorin's hand shot up. There's 20. Is there 25? The crowd was silent. There's no need for the novelty of a surface dweller. He didn't look like he could do the work of the others, and this brought no purpose for the purchase. I have 25. The voice rang out from a cloaked dwarven figure standing on a stack of crates. The white wiry beard flowed from the blue-black hood, obscuring his face. Zorin looked back at his competition. 30. He shot back before the auctioneer could respond. 
This was all they had left in their purse that was given them at the inn that they bought their supplies today with. The man looked at him. His icy blue eyes locked on Zorin. Forty. Zorin's heart sank. Then he thought for a moment. They could sell his new dagger, and Benedict could sell his sword. He did say it was magical. This could work. It's all we have. It has to work. He shot his hand up. Fifty. You saw the look on Sophie's face. She nodded. Fifty going once. Zorin looked back at his competition, standing on the stack of crates, and saw the dwarf was gone. Scottmere wrung his hands together while they waited in the cold stone lobby of the auction house. The granite benches were perfect in every way, he noted. Running his hand on its side, not one pit or rough spot, he sighed, but devoid of any maker's mark or decoration. <sighs> this place is awful. The sooner we can get out of here, the better. He muttered. Indeed. Vix nodded. The door behind them opened, and Zane walked out smiling with a grinning Zorin. Zane! Sophie threw her arms around him. Sophie! He smiled over her strong shoulder as he breathed in the honey and lavender smell of her freshly washed hair. I... I couldn't bear to lose you again. He pulled back and smiled. Never again, Sophie. I swear on the sky and moon itself, I will never leave you again. He was shaking as he pulled her back into his embrace. Never. Thank you. Vix turned to Zorin. So, what deal did you make? Our new equipment still lies with us. Everyone turned to Zorin, who smiled an awkward grin, trying his best to mask his guilt. I have offered our help to the Marshal to aid them <clears throat> in clearing out the sewers. Scott Mears stood up angrily. I'm no plumber or thief. Find someone else to get dirty with. Stand down, son of the Garnet Mountains. Her voice was strong and carried from behind Zorin as she stepped out. She was a female dwarf clad in dark iron armor that consisted of hard angles around her short, muscular frame. Snow-white hair was pulled back into a single ponytail from her ashen gray face and eyes with deep blood-red irises. I'm known as Farah, Farah Ironstone, Marshal of the Kingsguard. Over one shoulder was a warhammer, Blackened gray like her armor, the large rectangular head was simple and rounded from years of use. It was attached to a thick wooden handle studded with brass to enhance the grip in battle. She set it end down on the ground in front of her, leaning on it, her hands crossed. I offered to pay for your friend's freedom after Zorn and I spoke about your ability to help us with a rather worrisome issue. Benedict stepped forward. What troubles this city? There is a foul magic creeping into our hearts. Many of us have left the forges and become complacent. She looked at the ground, contemplating. Even our king is sick. He refuses to see anyone and keeps to himself all day. He has not sent out his tasks in months, and many of our people look forward to his mighty commands. It gave us purpose. Cordelia interrupted gently. Her red eyes flared. Yes, our purpose, outsider. As I was saying, we are all falling slowly victim to this apathy. What do you need us to do? Benedict bowed slightly in respect of the marshal's station. She sneered and shook her head at the unneeded formalities. 
<laughs> we believe the source is somewhere deep in the sewers below the city. Clean it out. She stared at Benedict, who nodded. Thank you for freeing our friend. We shall do this immediately. She nodded, and casting a final glance at Scottmere, spun on her heel and walked back into the auction house. Well, the smell isn't so bad now, at least. Hours had passed as they had made their way by torchlight. Led by Zorin at the front, he periodically paused to inspect the smooth stone wall. They had found an entrance to another set of tunnels from the main sewer shortly upon entering the system. The entrance was trapped magically and was triggered recently by a dead guard lying on the floor. Benedict leaned down, clutching at his chest, where once his silver pendant was. Night Lord, please welcome this weary soul to the anvils of your realm. We have no time for the dead. Vix brushed his hands on his robes briskly, freeing them of the chalky dust that clung to them. We must do this deed and get on our way. Jade looked at them with purpose. I agree. We must continue. Zorin, let's go. Again, that was hours ago, Zorin noted. Faint voices could be heard down the hall. Also, the faint glow of firelight was becoming more apparent. Hold up. Zorin forced a whisper at the top of his breath to reach everyone. Benedict motioned to stop Cordelia and Jade, both nodding at the rear of the group. There was a charcoal taste in the air as something was being burned down the hall, but in a well-ventilated room, apparently. It seemed there were multiple voices in the distance, all gravelly male voices. I'll scout ahead. Grand idea. Scott Muir shook his head at Vix. Be safe. Don't take too long. Zorin nodded and handing his torch back to Scottmere faded into the shadows. Zorin peered around the corner and had to blink several times to adjust to the light of the room. What the... The room was immense, not unlike the inside of a tall chapel. Tall pillars towered into the air, supporting the ceiling hundreds of feet high at six points around the room. Where they pressed into the floor with their 15-foot bases showed a six-pointed star connecting them in the center. The platform raised eight feet from the ground, surrounded by steps leading up to the backs of four chanting gray dwarves dressed in dark robes. He looked back at his friends and motioned for them to come up quickly to his position. He then ducked into the room, sticking to the left wall to work his way around the perimeter for a better view. The stone was smooth. And unlike above, there were carvings in it depicting scenes. He ran his hand along the side of a cow being led by a young maiden to a nearby stream. He shook his head. No time for sightseeing, even if it was being done by his hands. We beseech you, you, the true queen of the void, please answer our call and grant us your blessing, dark queen. Hold this unbeliever in your stony gaze. Zorin snuck closer, racing behind a pillar. He spied a chest at the top of the stairs. He could stay within the shadows of He made his way crawling up the stairs. Peering around the side of the chest, he could see the five-headed dragon on their robes. He froze. He thought of a night very long ago. Come, child, and let me show you the darkness of my queen. 
The dark cleric standing by his hated father's side. We shall free you, our queen. You will rule the air again. You will take your rightful place alongside the dark prince together, ruling this world and above. <laughs> the dwarf cackled maniacally. His red eyes wide and arms outstretched towards the fire, holding a crooked staff of ash. The altar at the center had a dark black tapestry covering it, but something glowed red faintly from beneath the dusty shroud. A creaking groan came from across the room, sounding like a giant steel and stone sliding against each other. Zorin noticed across from him, leaning against a pillar, was a huge humanoid form, standing twelve feet tall and holding a large mace in one hand. Two heads of a giant turned to each other and snarled out of boredom. Zorin's heart was racing. He looked back and could see Benedict at the entrance, slowly sneaking in with Jade and Scottmere. He waved a hand, careful to keep it out of sight for them to stop, when the trap sprung, sending a large metal claw into Benedict's calf. Intruders, kill them! Cordelia paused for a moment as Vic stepped forward. Green spiked balls of energy shot from his hands, knocking one of the dwarves back in the air to land lifeless on his back. His experience with the arcane was apparent. She smiled, glad he was on her side. She pulled a familiar bolt of fire into her palms before releasing it into another cultist. Zorn watched in horror as Greta the Giantess slammed the spiked mace into a pillar, barely missing the dodge of Benedict, shards of stone scattering to the wings. Benedict spun up and drove his sword into the ground, releasing a blast of magical energy slamming into Greta's exposed flank. Zane and Sophie charged into the fray. Zane had his two daggers drawn while Sophie's new longsword was over one shoulder with two hands, preparing to strike as they met the group of cultists head-on. Sophie dropped the blade into the first dwarven cultist at the shoulder, while Zane leapt from the side of the pillar, driving one blade into the same cultist's neck, finishing the job. Scottmere roared, his battle axe gleamed as he drove it into another cultist, sending him onto his back into a heap. Zorin ran up to the last cultist as he prepared the spell in a dark language. A bolt of lightning shot out and struck Scottmere hard on the chest. Shaking his head wildly to clear the biting sparks in his mind, the smell of singed hair snapped him out of it as he burned his nostrils. He saw Zorin drive his rapier into his back, dropping him dead almost immediately. Scottmere saw Greta swing wildly at Benedict. He turned behind him to see Sophie dashing at him. Without thinking, he crouched down, offering his hands at the floor level. Sophie stepped into them. And with one huge effort, he sent her into the air with her sword raised, aiming to strike the back of the large giantess. Greta roared as the blade cut deep into her back, passing easily beyond the moldy, loose leather armor. She dropped to the ground, dropping her mace to the floor. Benedict struck with his greatsword, one of her heads rending it silent. Sophie roared as she picked up the huge mace itself with both arms, bringing it down on the other head in one final stroke. 
They panted in that silent room, surveying the scene. Sophie smiled and nodded at Benedict, who smiled back, both pleased in how well and fast they worked together. Hey, everyone. He was standing next to the altar, but now had drawn the dusty shroud from it. You aren't going to believe this. This revealed that there were bars of cage underneath it, made of solid, glowing ruby. They pulsed with a deep red light, revealing the tall, silver-haired elf sitting inside. Greta Vietten is played by Steph Dewey. Farrah Ironstone is played by Nikki Richardson from the Talk of the Round podcast. The Halfling Vendor is played by Bavni Athlon from the Drive With Us podcast. Dark Queen Cultist is played by Brian Penaloza from Soul Bear RPG and Dirty Point of View podcast. The Auctioneer is played by Trevor Roop from Dungeons Deep RPGs. The Stranger is played by Philip Usher of the Avron Dark Saga podcast. Zorin. Played by Cody Miller. Sophie, played by Sarah Jenkins. Zane Shieldheart, played by Storm Esco. Cordelia Shieldheart is played by Jolene Frescus. Benedict Shieldheart, played by Brian Dowling. Gottmir is played by Colton Jansen. Jade is voiced by Cara Danvers. This is Vix the Chaotic You, Sniveling Fools. Voiced by Daniel Nichols for the Happy Go Lucky Podcast. And I am Mike Atchley, your narrator. Please help support our magnificent cast by following their projects in the show notes and telling a friend. This episode of Dawn of Dragons is sponsored by Haley Munoz and Brave Adventurers, creators of printable paper miniatures, free online generators, and more to enhance your tabletop role-playing game. In April, their patrons get a set of eight paper mini bandits and Kenku by Neil Q plus eight monster minis, including an Aboleth, a Lich, Zombie Ogre, and more. Be sure to check out their free Grimoire Generator for titles and descriptions you can bring to your table. Who is the elf behind the bars of Ruby, and what secrets do they keep? Can they help the Dwarven King of the Deep? Stay tuned, as our adventure continues soon. And remember the oath. Hey guys, my name's Kenan. I'm the Dungeon Master at Top of the Round. We are an original and fully produced sandbox style D&D 5e actual play podcast that prioritizes roleplay and storytelling. Come with us to Ishnar, a dark world filled with secrets, history, and lore. Wait, are people listening to us? Hi people! Where are the people? I don't know. I don't see them. I don't see them either. People! Where are they? Oh my god, we have to find them! My crossbow is ready. Are you sure we need to find these people? Or will they find us? Show yourselves. I'm not sure how I know this, but you can find us where you find podcasts, whatever those are. Mondays? What day is it? Don't know. Cassandra? Cassandra Cole? Welcome, both of you. You are the final two to arrive. I won't be gone long, and Aunt Nani needs your help. Promise me you'll be helpful. Hello? Is anyone there? 
Cats creatures? The family reputation is at stake, son. The visual arts may lack relevance. Wait, what is that? Governor's School for the Arts at Walnut Grove. The Happy Go Lucky Podcast, producers of Charlie Saves Christmas, bring you our next heartwarming adventure, Cassie and the Spectral Shade. Don't you remember what it was like to be 17? It turns out you're quite pretty, and it wouldn't hurt for people to see me walking in with you. Good for you, Judy. Cut, cut. That was ghastly. Dreadful. I want you to go through it again. This time make me feel something. you think that if I could dream the same thing over and over, that eventually I'd figure out how to control it better than this. Seeing every moment, keeping them like diamonds locked away with Sorry about that, but you'll find that Walgrove has a thing for dreadful terms. Fair and warm, lone traveler. Come, rest that I your wounds may bind. If my reputation is based on the company I keep, I suppose I'm better off heading in on my own. Please join your fellow first years in the Great Hall, where the staff and faculty have prepared a lovely reception for you. Call me Cassie. Cassie Cole. Sorry I didn't mention it earlier. From our bedroom studio to your ears comes a show that is bound to have you laughing either with or at the hosts, relating to the stories, and even learning a little along the way. Join Bavni and Terenji every Thursday on Drive With Us Podcast as they strive to make your commute more enjoyable by sharing the disasters of theirs. I was driving what and then if- just, I wasn't. Welcome to Maryland. The way you said it. Welcome. You'll see more, just wait. Be a part of the show by submitting your stories to be featured on the Commuter Update and let listeners around the world know how crazy, entertaining, and weird commuting can be. There is a flock of full-grown turkeys, and every time a car tried to go by them, they would just lunge at the hood of the car. I have the nerve to say in my hysteria, oh no, I need to see the body. We need a body. I said that to a LAPD officer. Go to www.drivewithuspodcast.com to share your stories, listen to episodes, and get access to extra content. Oh, (laughs) I didn't see you there. My name is Brian Penaloza of Soul Bear RPG and the Nerdy Point of View Podcast. Do you love TTRPGs? Do you love watching them streamed on Twitch? Then make sure to go to twitch.tv slash soulbearrpg on Monday nights at 7pm Pacific Time for our very mature rated show Surrender Your Booty, and Wednesday night at 7pm Pacific Time for Tal'Dorei World in Chaos. Stream TTRPGs not your jam? It's cool. I got you covered there too. Maybe you're someone who enjoys irreverent podcasts that talk about all sorts of random pop culture things. Then make sure to check out the Nerdy Point of View podcast on Spotify and most other podcast apps of choice. New episodes release every Tuesday at 9am. Remember, you can find me on Twitter at CaptainSugarBear, that's at CPTSugarBear. You can find SoulBearRPG at SoulBearRPG and NerdyPointOfView at NerdyPOV for the latest news and fun. Thank you for your time, but I must really be going. Hello there, stranger. I have a question for you, if I may be so bold. Do you love fantasy? With its heroes of goodness and knights of daring do? 
haughty dwarves and mystical elves. Incredible dragons who rule the skies and breathe fire. Maidens so fair, they make the gods themselves weep at their beauty. You do? Well, never mind then. Off you go. But if you like darkness, disparity, blood and gore, necromancy and demons, then I have a tale for you, my friend. For in the world of Aetheran, there is but a glimmer of light amongst the coming shadow. The eternal darkness is spreading its influence from the world beyond, seeking to wash over the land like a dark tide. All is doomed. But there is still hope. A candle burns within the gloom for those that seek to walk within the light. The Knights of the Argent Order, warriors and wielders of magic, trained solely in the arts of demonic eradication. These brave few will battle to the last in hopes of securing a future for all mankind. Be steadfast. Be stoic. Remain vigilant. For here... Death awaits all in the world of Aetheran. Available on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Castbox, and Spotify. Search Dark Saga Aetheran to subscribe now.